This is T.M. Camp, and you're listening to the podcast of my novel, Assam and Darjeeling. Book 4. Coming Home. Chapter 12. It was, G thought to herself later, very much like being in a clothes dryer, at least what she imagined being in a clothes dryer would be like. They tumbled in darkness, pierced by flashes of light. A blare of noise, the thunder of a thousand things coming undone all at once around them. The air cluttered, gem-like shards of broken glass tumbling past her face. The horrible squeal of metal, their mother's screams, a lurch, a teeth-grinding jolt. Silence and darkness. The sound of the radio, then, murmuring to itself. Slowly, the snow began to drift past the darkened, now unbroken windows. The faint glow of the dashboard, illuminating their mother's profile, her lips moving soundlessly. The sweep of the headlights outside, the sound of the road, the thump of the wipers. G had a brief moment of unreality. She wondered if she had fallen asleep, if it had all been a dream. She did not want it to be a dream. She did not want to give up those memories so easily. She slid her hand into the pocket of her snow pants, half relieved to find the small circle of metal there. She looked over to Assam, safely buckled in next to her. He held his finger to his lips. A moment later, there came a gasp, the sickening slide of the car, their mother reaching back for them. The sudden glare in the windshield, the blare of a horn filling the car, the tumble, the broken glass, the screaming. Lurch, stop, then silence and darkness. She heard the faint sound of the radio rising, the hum of the car on the road. They were driving once more. G looked to Assam. He was staring straight ahead, a blank, almost dreamy look on his face. What's going on? Just, he answered, very far away. Just... Just wait for a second. I'm trying. His voice drifted off. G looked up between the seats at their mother. It's all the same, she thought, just like before. There was one difference, though. The radio was playing music, not the news or school closings. It was faint, but G could make out a girl singing that no matter what we do, please don't tell Mama. G smiled in spite of herself, thinking of washing dishes with Jerry. She touched her pocket again. Two differences, she reminded herself. Then, her brother let out a long, shuddering gasp and clutched at her hand. Hold on, he choked out. It's coming round again. What if? she asked. Then, it hit them. The sweep of light, the slide, their mother reaching for them, screaming, the tumble through darkness and broken glass, the sharp smell of gasoline, the jolt, the shudder, the stop, the darkness. The radio, fading up, the car coming to life, driving once more. 
their mother's eyes framed in a strip of light from the rearview mirror, haunted and stricken. Her lips moved, but she wasn't singing, Jean knew. Her mother hated show tunes. Next to her, Assam scrubbed at his face and shook himself. I'm trying to get in, to get past everything, but she's so deep. G had no idea what he was talking about, and said so. It's hard to explain, he replied. She's, it's like she's sleeping, dreaming. I'm trying to wake her up. He doesn't look like Fee asleep. I said it was like she was sleeping. G thought for a moment. Why don't you just yell really loud? Assam rolled his eyes. It's not like... But then his sister filled the car with a piercing scream. Like all girls her age, G was an expert screamer. She could scrape across your skin like a sunburn. She could drive it through your ears like an icicle freezing your brain. This was one of her best. Assam thought his head was going to explode. And then, just as abruptly, she stopped. In the front seat, their mother gave no sign that she had even heard. It didn't work, G told her brother. It would be nice, he said, eyes closed, if you didn't do that again. Fine. Now what? I'm gonna try... But then the car filled with light and their mother's screams once more. Tumble. Glass. Stop. Silence and darkness. The radio faded up, their mother's whispers following close behind. Assam looked at his sister in the dim light of the dashboard. We have to get her out of here. G nodded. But what if we can't? Will she just go on like this forever? She might, he said. I don't know. We can't just leave her here. Assam looked into her eyes, then away. You don't understand, he said, looking down at his hands in his lap. We're here now. If we can't get her out, we can't get ourselves out. G stared at him with growing horror. We're trapped? He nodded. If we can't get out, we can't get out. With or without Mom. As if on cue, the car flooded with light and their mother reached back between the seats, screaming. G saw the madness in her eyes. Her brother was right. And then the world turned over once again. In the darkness, as things settled, G said, We're trapped. Yes, a psalm sounded hoarse. The radio faded up the dim light from the dashboard rising to meet it. Assam looked over at his sister. This is her trap, he told her, one she made for herself. Why? Assam nodded towards her mother, whispering in the front of the car. I let you fall. I let you drown, he recited along with her. This is her, punishing herself. But... It wasn't her fault. He closed his eyes. Now that we're here, it's complete. She can go on forever and we'll go on with her. So what do we do? 
He looked back at the headrest in front of him, trying to push through into his mother's mind. We wake her up. We bring her back. And then we can stop? We can go home? I don't know, Assam said. But at least we'll have her back again. He took a breath, let it out. Quiet now, he told her. I'm going to try again. He let his mind edge forward, focusing on the faint pattern of the fabric of the headrest in front of him, vertical lines of gray and blue, corduroy, like bars, like a prison. He closed his eyes, pushing forward at the bars. In the darkness beyond, he could see faint shadows moving back and forth, waving gently before his eyes like rippling water. A large shape drifted past, the faint sound of laughter. He heard children playing, a splash. White spots formed in front of his eyes, dazzling. He blinked, rubbing them away. The sun was very bright overhead, the water very blue. The sharp smell of fresh-cut grass and chlorine all around. White tiles around the rim of the swimming pool, gleaming like a movie star's smile. His mother lay on a plastic chair, reading a book. Next to her, a little girl in a pale green swimsuit lay on a towel, playing with a handful of brightly colored plastic toys. Assam knew those toys. He knew that girl, no more than two or three years old. The girl looked up and said something to her mother. Assam watched as his mother breathed deep, did not answer. Her book tilted forward, the spine almost flat against her stomach. The girl stood up and took a few awkward steps towards the pool. She looked back at her mother. The book dipped lower. The girl said something, a jumble of sounds. Assam knew that voice very well. He remembered when she used to talk like that. There were mothers and children everywhere. The little girl, none of them were watching her. She took a few more steps towards the pool. Assam looked back to his mother, dozing. He wanted to shout, to run and shake her, but he couldn't. He couldn't do anything but watch as the book slowly slipped down her hip and finally fell out of her fingers and onto the ground. Her hand twitched. He heard a splash, looked back. The girl was gone. His mother was up in an instant, leaping into the water. Assam could only stand and watch the water ripple and swell over the edge of the pool, a tidal wave coming towards him, tumbling over and over, dragging him down into chaotic darkness where he could hear his mother screaming. Then, silence. In the darkness, he felt a hand in his. The radio played. The light rose. His sister, looking at him with fear and concern. What happened? He shook his head. I couldn't reach her. I couldn't get deep enough. What did you see? I saw her. I saw a little girl. Swimming pool. He shuddered. The little girl fell in. Who was he? The little girl. You, he told her. Obviously. She jumped in after you. How old was I? Assam shrugged. I don't know. It was a long time ago. Her hair was short. 
Jean nodded. She'd seen pictures. Her mother's hair cut in a bob. I have to try again, he swallowed, before the next crash. Without waiting for her answer, he turned his face forward once more, pushing through the bars. As before, the bars began to shift and ripple. It was easier this time. He wasn't entirely certain if that was a good thing, but he kept moving forward, going deeper past the light on the water and into the darkness beyond. The shadows parted in front of him like the leaves of a tree drifting across his face. He could almost feel them brushing against his cheek. Then, as the shadows parted, he saw his mother's face. He was looking down the stairs back home. His mother stood at the bottom, very far away. As he watched, she began to climb a basket of laundry in her arms. She reached the top and, awkwardly, shifted the laundry to one arm so she could open the baby gate at the top. Assam knew the gate very well. He remembered his father dragging it out of the attic to install it a few months after his sister was born. Vaguely, he remembered clinging to it himself, hooking his fingers through the white plastic grate. His mother got the gate open, nearly dumping out the basket in the process. She muttered a word under her breath. It was not a word that Assam had ever heard her say before, never even would have believed she knew it. She stepped through and turned to close the gate behind her. The laundry basket tilted again, and she caught it, just in time. Annoyance flickered across her face as she swung the gate back into place with an angry jerk. She turned away. The gate did not latch, Assam saw. His mother did not. She continued on up the hallway and stopped outside his room. Hi, sweetie she said through the open door. Mommy just has to put this away and then we can go downstairs for lunch, okay? A voice answered, so familiar it left an ache in the center of his chest. His mother went on with the laundry into his parents' room. Assam watched as his younger self, halfway between baby and little boy, came out of the room and wobbled down the hallway towards the top of the stairs. Assam wanted to shout for his mother. Through the open doorway at the end of the hall, he could see her passing back and forth as she put the clothes away. He could not shout. He could not move. He could only watch as the little boy he had once been toddled forward and grabbed a hold of the safety gate. Up the hallway, his mother stopped in front of the open door. She froze for a moment, seeing her son perched on the edge of disaster. To her credit, she did not scream, did not shout and startle the little boy balanced at the top of the stairs. She took a couple of steps into the hallway. Honey, she said. Assam could hear the strain in her voice, feel the barely controlled fear radiating out of her. Can you come here to mommy? The little boy looked up and saw his mother. He laughed and banged on the gate. The latch slipped. The gate swung open under his hands. The boy hung there a moment, his chubby fingers of one hand tangled in the plastic mesh of the gate. His mother moved faster than Assam had ever seen her move before. She reached the top of the stairs in time to watch her son tumble down the full flight to the hardwood floor below. 
Her face was a gaping mass carved from pure horror. Assam could not look away, could not drown out the bubbling wail that rose out of her. And then he fell forward into that wide mouth, that howl echoing him down through the darkness until he came to a lurching stop once more. He heard the radio, the sound of the road, the gentle thump of the wipers. His sister's face came into focus. He shook his head at her unspoken question. It was different this time. He told her about the stairs, about the fall, about that horrible look of despair and failure on their mother's face. What do we do now? I don't know, but we have to keep trying. He had no idea what he would try now. What's it like? She asked him. What's what like? She struggled with the words for a moment. What's it like when you... When you go away, when you're... She gestured towards the front of the car where their mother sat whispering. I don't know. It's like walking into a tunnel, crawling into... It's like another place completely. I'm still here, but I'm somewhere else, too. Where? He thought for a moment. Inside? Somewhere inside her head? Her mind? Can you see, like, her brain and stuff? No. He didn't know how to put it into words she could understand. It's not biological. It's more like he dug deeper for some kind of metaphor. Okay, you know how when we used to play hide-and-go-seek? Yeah. Well, you know how when you hide in her closet, you can see all of her clothes there? She nodded. It's like that. All of her clothes are hanging there and you can see them, but you can also see them in your memory. You can see her wearing them at different times. The Christmas dress from last year, the jeans she wears when she cleans house, it's all right there hanging in front of you, and you can remember her at all those times. You can smell her all around you, the smell of her hair, your, her perfume. G's eyes filled with tears. It's like that, he said. That's what it's like in there surrounded by all these different pieces of her. It's overpowering, like I might get stuck there with her. Assam stared, focusing on his mother, ready to dive in once more. God, she groaned. What? What is it? I hate this song, she replied. Does anyone really even like this play? Assam shrugged. I have no idea. She nodded. After a long moment, she said, A thumb? Yeah. He didn't want to sound testy, but he couldn't help it. She wasn't making it easy to concentrate. Are we going to get out of this? You mean the car or... I mean all of it. The whole thing. She sighed, staring out the window, the falling snow beyond. Are we ever going to get home? I hope so, he said. She was quiet, then almost timid. With mom? He looked at her and nodded. Yes. He could hear the conviction in his voice. He hoped she could as well. Yes, if we can make it out, 
then mom will be with us. If, G asked, her brother didn't answer. As the car began to tumble a few moments later, G said, you know, I'm really starting to get thick of this. Assam didn't answer. He was already inside. You've been listening to Assam and Darjeeling, written and read by the author, P.M. Camp. A new chapter from the book is available each week, free to download at the iTunes Store. To find out more about Assam and Darjeeling, to read my weblog, or to send me your questions and feedback, visit my website at tmcamp.com. I hope to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon. This podcast was written, performed, and produced by T.M. Camp and may not be copied, distributed, transcribed, or otherwise reproduced without his express written permission. Please direct all inquiries to the attention of the author at www.tmcamp.com. If you are unable to access the Internet, spread a thin layer of peanut butter over a slice of whole wheat bread. Sprinkle it with unsalted sunflower seeds and place it on the sill of any second-story window in your home. When the blue jay arrives, whisper your request to her. She will pass it along. If you live in a home with only one story, move. <laughs>